Today's show is brought to you by Team Snap. Sign up for a free 21-day free trial at www.tryteamsnap.com slash holybackboard. For you, the listeners of the Holy Backboard podcast, Team Snap is offering a free 21-day trial. Team Snap is every coach and parent's dream. An easy-to-use, indispensable tool for organizing and communicating every aspect of team life. Sign up for a free 21-day trial in 30 seconds or subscribe to a premium package with added features like unlimited photos and file storage and customization unique to their team. TeamSnap also provides a free Android and iPhone app so teams can be managed on the go. All right, everybody, welcome to the 74th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I'm Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Say it's chilling. It's the uh, Nintendo 64 edition. Wow, that joke didn't work out right, but whatever. I'm really excited. Uh, It's playoffs, bro. It, It always, it adds something when we're talking about the playoffs, it's it, it, it's just it's just the excitement you get when you talk about it. And as a man of superstition, we had to bring back our guy Evan McCarthy for our playoff preview podcast because who did we have last year for our playoff preview podcast? Evan. What happened? We knocked the clips out in six. So obviously Blazers are gonna knock out the Warriors in six, right, Evan? Oh yeah. I mean if you ask Dame uh, literally, if you jokingly ask Dame in an interview and he gives a smiling answer, then yes. And then especially if you're the national media and just runs with a stupid story, then yeah, I think we are going to get in six. I feel so bad for Lillard because he was put in the worst possible situation. Of course, he's going to say Blazers in six. What is he supposed to say? Oh, shit, I'd be happy if we took a game. And yeah, and then yeah. you, and then you have Bleacher Report, Sports Center, everyone else putting yeah, that graphic up. But what I do love, and I saw on Twitter, is Bleacher Report did that graphic and they posted it on Instagram that said Damian Lillard Blazers in six. Somebody screen grabbed it because Russell Westbrook had liked it. So not only do I love the pettiness <laughs> of Westbrook saying fuck Golden State, but I, you know, whether it's, you know, by bipartisan, by proxy, whatever, he still showed the Blazers love and Russ has been a beast this year. So I fucks with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this is just like so typical of how this like Twitter and social media blows up something that's so fucking stupid. Like I was watching, I think I was watching it live when this happened, the pregame when he made that comment. And like, I didn't even think about the time, but like waking up and like on sports center and bleach report, it's just this quote. And then like, they're, they're posting it. Like it's going to be locker room material for the warriors. Like they give a fuck. Like, are you, Oh, now they're going to go out and try to beat him because of what this little, this little thing he said jokingly. Like, I feel bad for Dame after the series because his mentions are going to get killed on Twitter where, like, oh, where were you with that prediction, bro? And it's like, obviously, I mean, he was asked a question. He's not going to say they're going to lose. Like, come on. It's a no-win situation right there. Just absolutely no-win. What's he going to say? Oh, we'll probably get bodied? Nah. You want to show some confidence. And, and it was it was a joke. Like, yeah. it, it, it's one of those things that's totally taken out of context, but whatever. But, but also... When has Dame ever shied away from the haters on Twitter? I mean, he's put Laker fans in their place on more than one occasion. And then just today, somebody says, uh, bro, Dame, you got to chill. I believe you'll win two games if you get lucky, one for sure. But you ain't winning the series. And he uh, retweets that and says, what you think means nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what doesn't take any shit. 
that's what I love about him being like a team leader because like he is the type of dude who will fire back like that. And he's just very confident in who he is and where he's come from and where he thinks and where he's going. So like, that's the type of dude you want as a leader who like can be the face of a franchise and stand up to shit like that and not be fake and phony, not be one of these corporate guys who like would shy away and not even interact with anyone. Um, no, I mean, we're really lucky to have him. So obviously we get the matchup that we really had thought was a, a good possibility probably since the all-star break. Uh, Blazers, Warriors, the 1-8, uh, the two teams played, I think, uh, an extremely competitive five-game set last year in the playoffs with the Warriors taking um, four out of the five. But there was a stat, and I was looking for it. Didn't the Blazers actually lead something like 80 or 85% of the series? It just it got away from them in the closing minutes of nearly all of those all of those losses. Yeah, I know that in three of their four losses, they had the lead at halftime, which is exciting and fun to watch, right? Um, obviously, we won the one game. But yeah, I, I, they were, I'm not sure what the exact percentage was, but they did lead. They were in the lead for uh, more than Golden State was in the lead in that series. Yeah. That's insane. I did not know that. So that's that's pretty cool stat. I mean, we obviously go back. It's really tough to compare because the teams are, so so different especially golden state gone is that depth there is no barbosa there is no harrison barnes there is no andrew bogut there is no festus azili yes they did sub those players out for quite possibly a top three player in the league in kevin durant but they still lack that impact especially defensively down low that's an area a team can beat them uh portland on the other hand gone is making company <laughs> So there's not Kratos. Kratos knows what's up. Yeah, I mean he's giving a little commentary. You brought up Mason Plumley. That was Plum Dog was one of his favorite uh, <laughs> one of his favorite players. So he was crushed when he left, but he's you know he's warmed up to Nurkic. But so and Kratos, apologize for interrupting. No, Kratos right. has OG status. He can do whatever the fuck he's he wants. He's been on like seven episodes, Doc. <laughs> don't tell him that. Don't let. Don't tell him that'll go to his head. His already chubby head. But if we remember, Mason Plumlee was a vital, an integral piece of that 4-2 win against the Clippers. However, he was very um, lackluster, in my opinion, against the Warriors. He was missing layups. He couldn't finish around the rim. They were playing off of him, forcing him to shoot the jump shot. That aspect is gone for Portland. Um, Now they possibly have Nurkic where they could exploit them down low. Um, Evan Turner, who played very well against the Warriors last season as a member of the Celtics, can take um, any of their guards down to the block. And what Portland, I think, could miss, but they could make up for in Noah Vonleh. Noah Vonleh played like two minutes in the Warriors series. Now he's obviously a starter, but Ed Davis had an extremely strong series last year. So Portland is going to need Noah Vonleh to have an Ed Davis type of series to keep it to keep it competitive once again. Just the garbage man aspect. We're gonna need Noah to, I mean, play solid defense and score. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really depend on Ed to score, but he definitely needs to be gobbling all those boards, all the boards. And you mentioned a defense. When Portland beat Golden State last year, right after the All Star break, everyone's gonna remember Dame going off for fifty one. What I also remember is Noah Vonleh causing a lot of problems for Draymond Green and being such an asset that Portland can utilize him in that pick and roll and allow him and be comfortable 
with him switching on the perimeter, going up against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson because he's so long and he moves his feet so well for a man of his size. He has only gotten better as the year has gone on as a defender. So I think defensively is where Portland is going to need him most because we all know the Warriors are they're going to put up 110, 120 points a night. But it's going to come down to can you get a stop here and there? You cannot let the Warriors score in five, six, seven, eight straight consecutive possessions. You got to get some stops. And Noah just, I think, gives the team a lot of versatility on that defensive end. Yeah, and I mean, with totally, I mean, to your point, it's especially over since March, it's been really awesome to see uh, Noah mature more as a player. And like, we all knew what he could do, that he was gifted physically and he was talented. But like the, the one thing he was lacking, it seemed like was confidence, which it seems like he's really gained over the past since the beginning of March, really. It just looks he looks like a different player even though we know that he's so athletic and talented and all that. Um, so that's going to be huge. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that was a, the the funny thing leading up to the playoffs. The debate in, in Blazerland was, well, do we want to make the playoffs or do we not want to knowing, you know, we make the playoffs, we're going to get beat by the Warriors. Do we really want to see us lose a few games by 20 points? But I wanted, I wanted us to make the playoffs because I want a guy like Noah Vonley to get log more playoff minutes and get experience in situations like this. You know, that's a great point. If, if Nurk can't go, that is the bright, bright side is one, we get to see Damon CJ elevate their game once again, but Noah to get that experience. Also, Portland did lose that game against the Pelicans, which really put me at ease a little bit because now the worst pick we can have is 16. We might get 15. I was a little concerned we might end up 18 or 19 with our own pick. So that would have been a tough pill to swallow. But if we can keep it competitive for five or six games like we did last year and we still retain that 15 or 16 pick, that's fine. And if we get Nurk back and he's playing 100% healthy, that is, you know, that's the cherry on top of the sundae. That's the the gravy. Anything you want to think about extra, that is awesome. So I'm going to ask you guys, what is, in a magical world, the Trailblazers knock off the Warriors? What is the one thing that has to happen on Portland's side for that to happen? Hmm. Are we assuming Nurk, Nurk, Nurk plays? That could be your thing, but I mean... Um, Nurk plays, and we capitalize on getting easy baskets, getting Draymond Green, and the Warriors bigs in foul trouble. Just easy baskets. Yeah. So, before the season started, or not before the season started, two weeks into the season, I was watching the Warriors, watching them play quite a bit. And with the addition of Kevin Durant, I made a bet with a few friends at the time a monetary bet for a little bit of money. I was like, I don't see a team beating them in a seven game series if they're healthy. So I, I took the warriors over the field for two with two different friends um, early on in the season. And I think for any team to beat the warriors, this is what needs to happen, which I don't think can't happen is of Steph, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. You need two of those three to struggle on a night offensively. And I just think in a in a seven game series, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen four times where two of those guys aren't playing well. Um, so if if Portland could in a perfect world if we beat them, it's I think two of those three need to not play well. And I is just, it just I, hoping if, and praying they miss, or is there a defensive strategy, or there are certain matchups that you would put on certain players that would help force well, those um, changes? This is this is a thing that's going to benefit Portland. I think we played them last year in the playoffs. We play them three to four times a year. So they've seen us. They're very comfortable playing against us. We play a style. When we play them, it seems like we try to match their style of getting up a lot of threes, running up and down the floor. 
It's worked sometimes, and other times we get blown out by them. The interesting, the thing that makes this series interesting is if Nurkic plays, it's a look that they have not seen from us. And Nurkic has changed kind of how we play on both ends of the floor. So they don't, they don't have that experience. Like it, it might be inter- the first game. It might be interesting to see like how they react to it. Um, because it, it is such a different contrast to the way we, than when we played with Mason Plumley and Ed Davis. Uh, with Nurkic, we can slow slow down a little bit, get him the ball at the top of the key where he makes decisions on you know after he gets the ball in like a pick and roll situation. We could post him up against any of the anyone they want to throw at him, whether it's Zaza or Draymond or JaVale McGee or whoever. And it's a situation where we might be able to slow the game down a little bit. And then on defensively, he's so much better on he's one of the better bigs we've had in the pick and roll, defending the pick and roll to clog the middle. And then it's yeah, maybe it's one of those things where Again, you hope that two of those three just aren't having a good shooting night. So obviously Nurk is a great answer for all of the reasons you've laid out. And he is he would be one of the reasons I would choose as well. However, I think the number one reason if Portland would defeat the Warriors in a seven-game series, it's got to be the Blazer backcourt led by Damian Lillard. We saw last year in the first round, both he and CJ, I would say they struggled a little bit overall. Um, They definitely didn't play up to their regular season numbers. Um, You look at Dame, 22 points, uh, just 34, uh, 35% from three, uh, five assists, four boards. CJ, 20 points, 37% from three. You'll take that three-point percentage, but you would expect a little bit more than 20. You fast forward to the semifinals where Dame went nuclear, averaged 32 a night. His assists bumped up to eight. His three-point shooting was 43%. CJ increased his scoring by almost a point and a half as well and continued to shoot um, in that mid-30s from three. Portland, make no mistake about it, needs Yusuf Nurkic to win this series. But with Nurkic, Dame is still top dog. He is still the guy in Rip City. We saw against Utah that this dude can single-handedly beat a team at full strength even without AC, without Nurkic. Utah was at, at nearly full strength, and he put up 59, and he made it look pretty effortless. Golden State, for as great as they are offensively, they do not have defensive answers for our backcourt, just like we don't have defensive answers for their backcourt. So it's going to come down to which backcourt gets hot. Um, for me, Dame has got to show up like he has in playoffs before that 2014 run with Portland. He was sensational last year. He's played. That was probably the best basketball I've seen him. We're going to need that type of, of Lillard time for seven straight games. Does he have it in him? I I think so. Um, But is it going to be to the level Portland needs? I mean, that's to be seen, but I expect Dame to really show out. I mean, this is, his hometown of Oakland, his new hometown of Portland. He called making the playoffs this year the greatest accomplishment of his career. You know everyone rid off the trouble wrote off the Trailblazers, myself included. He's gonna be ready for this series. I'm I'm not gonna say it's gonna be enough to beat them, but if we did, it's gonna be on the shoulders of of our franchise player. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, going into this series, the kind of, I know it's really cliche to say as a Portland fan, because this is what Portland fans do, is they bitch about the lack of respect we get nationally. But it is interesting to see, I saw the spread for the first game, and I'm assuming this is Vegas not knowing, not thinking Nurkic is going to play, but like the spread was like 14 and a half for the first game. It's like, 
were we not one of the better teams in the last month of the season, like playing really well? I, we we suffered some injuries, but if Nurkic comes back, like why wouldn't we continue to play at the high level we've been playing at? We've got a lot of confidence going into the playoffs, which is really nice. Um, I mean, I'm by, I'm in no way saying that we're going to win, but I, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than a lot of people want to think it's going to be. I mean, and Kevin Durant's still, you know, working his way back from his injury. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting series. We've brought up the media a lot, like the ESPN. Do you give a shit what they say about us? Because the only person I really give a shit about is Zach Lowe. Every, everybody else, there's no way that they've watched them as much as we have. They don't know the ticks and the intricacies of our team. So I don't really give a shit what they say. I don't give a shit about what anybody says except Woj when it comes to trade rumors. I know they're all knowledgeable and intelligent, but growing up a Blazer fan, growing up hearing, calling us, you know, whiners and criers with that Drexler team. And, you know, we never got respect. Even at home, we would never get the respect of the officials. I've just had this big chip on my shoulder as a fan that if you're not from here or you're not a fan, I just don't give a fuck what you have to say. Um, And that's really showcased in everything that the media is saying they are giving portland less than a percent chance of winning this series uh espn insider had a upset probability ranking of all um eight series portland was the last and they gave us less than a percent that may be accurate that may be fair but still as a blazer fan i'm like fuck you yeah and i I want makes me want to prove them wrong there's no way they know as much about this team as us. They didn't know that Mason Plumley couldn't run a pick and roll or Crab and Evan Turner as a duo in the backcourt aren't a good match. So I don't really give a shit what they say because I know about this team. I mean, how many games did they could they possibly have watched? Six or seven? That isn't good enough to give a read on this team. So whenever any major media outlet says anything about a team that I root for, I just don't give a shit. It's like not anymore. No, it's not worth my time. No, I mean Evan, you you know more than all of these ESPN folks about this team. So fuck them. No, I know. I no, but I I think it's funny. I do. I mean, I like reading their opinions. Like you know, I might not respect it or necessarily. I mean, I enjoy reading stuff on about the Blazers because I do like to see. Pers- I do like to see different perspectives of people that aren't so close to the team. I think it's interesting to get different points of view for sure. Going back to Zach Lowe about the respecting Zach Lowe, the the one interesting thing he said more recently about Nurkic, I'm sure you read what he said, where like it was a couple weeks after the trade where he's like, just wait until there's an incident and and we'll see if Rip City really really likes him. And I didn't even know what he really meant by that. Like no one's gonna bite for his minutes, so like. I don't see a, an, an incident where he's going to be sulking on the bench. It was just a weird comment, like a, that he snapped well, it. I mean, like, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, people will be so late to give anything about Portland praise, but they're so quick to give a backhanded compliment or say, you know, this was a shit move. I mean, fucking, I think it was Sports Illustrated great gave us a C minus for that deal when when I was hearing that trade driving to Astoria, A plus. I mean, we got a first-round pick from Mason Plumley and a young big. It turns out the value should have been completely flip-flopped, and the, the young big was much more valuable than the pick. Either way, we got both for a restricted free agent. Uh, that I, I don't know how that's not a huge win, but yet people were, would not give Portland the benefit of the doubt, and it just 
you know, that, that whole mantra that we have going on, never doubt Rip City, I think it's going to ring true. I think Portland is going to give Golden State, especially if Nurkic can play, they're going to give him a fight. I mean, we know Golden State's going to move on. We know it's probably going to be Golden State and, and Cleveland in the finals, but let's make them earn it. Let's make them think back and say, you know what? That Portland series was actually the toughest series of our, our road to the finals, just like Dallas did in 2011 when we pushed them to six and really had our chances to win that series. They were, they referred back to that series and Terry Stotts will too, because he was an, an assistant coach with the Mavericks. The gym was so electric. Every time they had to come to Portland, we put up such an incredible fight. B Roy had the 24 point, um, led that comeback, just a miraculous four point play. Crazy shit happens in, in rip city during the playoffs. So, I just want to make life as miserable as possible for these Warriors during this two-week stretch. I mean, we're not going to out-talent them, but we could sure as hell out-tough them, out-hustle them. And that's what the Blazers need to do to get wins. That's a, a great point. I think that's, that's a huge X factor going into the series. And something I was going to touch on is my X factors, obviously, Nurk, Damon, CJ, that's the big three. They have to perform. But it's going to be the role players for Portland if they're going to keep this game games close. And I'm looking specifically at Al Farouk Aminu and Alan Crabb. Neither of them shot the ball extremely well during that Clipper series last year. Crabb had just seven points per game on 33% from three. You look at Aminu, even worse, 29% from three. He did chip in nine boards and 12 and a half points, but that three point percentage was abysmal. And when we lost, it was when the Clippers forced him to beat us from downtown and he simply couldn't do it. You look ahead to what we did against the Warriors in that playoff series and Aminu shot the shit out of the basketball just as Crab did. Aminu 55% from three, upped his points up to 17. Crab 53% from three, he averaged 13 points. We are going to need those guys to hit their open shots because they are going to come hard at Damon CJ. They're going to double that pick and roll. And if we can just drive and kick and we get open looks, I mean, Mo Harkless shot 35% from three from the season as well. So we have got assets. Are they on or are they off? That That is going to determine, I think, more than anything, our, our three-point shooting from our role players. Can, can they get it done? And can That's they get it be- done away from the, the friendly confines of the Moda Center? I mean, role players shoot a lot better in their home gym. If they can bring that to San Francisco or the Bay Area just once, that's going to lead to a, a a better chance at us winning. If the role players hit, we get steal one there, and then they hit at home. Oh. I mean, that, it's sounding way too optimistic, but the role players have to hit in San Francisco. And this is where you see who really is a primetime player. And this that that Warrior series last year gave me confidence in bringing Crab back, and I don't think he's disappointed. Uh, he has had the best three point shooting percentage of any Trailblazer in the franchise history this year, a uh, third best in the NBA currently. Can he can can he shine again on the bright lights? We know he kind of likes to be in the the, the finishing five. He likes those minutes. Can he do that? Can Harkless continue to shine? Like he he had a great series against the Clippers, Aminu too. Like. Who is going to be that guy that kind of steps onto that stage and, and you're kind of like, whoa, I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, for me, when we touched on him earlier, like I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. Like those guys need to, if we need, if we have any chance, then they, they're going to have to help carry their load. But going back to your point of Alan Crabb last year kind of stepped up in, in the spotlight. I think the guy this year 
that I'm looking forward to watching, and we talked about earlier, is Noah Vonley on a primetime stage against Draymond Green, who's one of the better players in the NBA. Um, we've seen the progression of Noah Vonley over the past month, month and a half. Like, I'm really excited to see him now perform when it really matters on the big stage, starting with his newfound confidence. Like, I'm really, really excited to see how he does. Vonley included, I think, another big factor for this team. That second unit, when you have CJ, Evan Turner, and Alan Crabb, can they produce? Can they distribute the basketball instead of going one-on-one? Too many times this year we've seen either leads evaporate or the deficit completely get out of hand because that unit hasn't really clicked like we all envisioned it would. Maybe Shabazz Napier gets in that gets in there because he's more of a traditional point guard. Um, that's going to be huge because what the Warriors have is they have star depth. And that's something that no team has ever had before where they have four all NBA caliber players. And at any given time, you're going to have at least one, quite possibly two on the floor, all 48 minutes, something Portland can't probably do. Um, we might be able to keep one of Damon yeah, CJ. I, on the, I, I, would, I, would, I would stagger Damon CJ just so one is on the court at all times. But I mean, when CJ is on the floor, I think Shabazz should also be on the floor because the rest of the squad needs the ball, needs touches. I mean, when CJ's on, I think it, it's fantastic. But when he's a little bit off, that second unit is just so bad. Evan Turner is a needs the ball in his hands. So does CJ. So does Alan, Alan Crabb. I, it's too many ball-dependent guards in that second unit. So I would, yeah, try, and- I would try and be creative with how... Our rotation, our guard rotation minutes are, 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 are used. Yeah. And I, I was going to say one of the X factors for me, which kind of sounds dickish, but like just Evan Turner, don't try to do too much. <laughs> just don't, try, don't no, try that to isn't do too even much. Dickish. Cause play had, within the flow of our offense and our system and just don't, don't hold the ball. Don't try to do, don't try to be the hero. Don't, tr- don't try to do too much. Like we've seen him do from time to time. Um, in some cases it works out well where he's helped bail us out of situations in certain games. But I don't think that this is a series for him to be doing that. Like it's like, going to be tough because unless he gets Steph Curry on the block, they've got Clay Thompson, Sean Livingston, um, Cl- who are bigger can, guards. He can he can do something to Ian Clark, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's going to have to pick his spots. But I just get this feeling that if Portland steals the game on the road, it feels like Evan Turner's going to have to have at least a stretch where he keeps us afloat or he pushes us over the hump with like four or five consecutive buckets down low, because he's done that this year. Um, I'm not talking about threes. I'm talking about just getting post-ups, spreading the floor, and going to work. If Portland's going to steal a, a road game, I just have a gut feeling that Evan Turner is going to have his his fingerprints all over that that victory. Yeah, and I think he's really valuable defensively, too. I mean, against those type of guards, um, I yeah, I, I would hope that he can help out defensively on that end. Um, so we've talked a lot about what Portland is going to do offensively and defensively looking at the Warriors and knowing where they are and who their personnel is. What do you guys do? I mean, is it just praying? Did you switch the pick and roll? Are you, are you trapping Steph? Um, what takes priority? And I, we've already kind of discussed this sage earlier in the year when we played the Warriors that. I would rather live with Kevin Durant shooting than Steph Curry, regardless of what their percentages were this year, just because Steph 
his degree of difficulty is incredible and he has he's it's the greatest shooter I've ever seen. Yep. Um what do they do? I, I think number one, Clay Thompson, you have to keep him quiet in that first quarter. Whenever they kick our ass, he's always the one that's going off. But what does Portland have to do to keep Golden State in check as best as possible? Because you're not going to stop them. Your only hope is you can contain them slightly. And, yeah, I mean, I... Oh, go it's ahead. all you. It's all you. No, I mean, I think it is... I, I think the most important thing to do is to get the ball out of Steph, Curry, Steph Curry's hand and keep him... Try to uh, minimize what he's doing out there. I mean, it's interesting. We saw when Kevin Durant went down... There was a stretch where these Warriors were pe- people in the media and everyone was saying like, oh, this looks like the Warriors of old, the Warriors team that won the championship, way more free-flowing. Steph is the one who's out there creating all this stuff. And I mean, yeah, I would, if I were the Blazers, I would try as hard as I can to keep the ball out of his hands. And okay, Kevin Durant, you've been sitting out for a little while, but now you're back. You know, you you're got to put up 35 to beat us or 40 a game to beat us and try to disrupt their offense by doing that. So who who would you have to defend the four stars and whoever the fifth guy is? Because we can't. Well, going to defend Draymond Green. Yep. If Nurk plays, he's defending Zaza. Yeah, and that's fine. We're fine with that. So I mean, Dame is probably gonna. Dame's got to get Steph. Yeah, I mean he's just gonna have to. And it all depends on rotations and who's in and out of the game. I would expect you're going to see a heavy dose of Aminu and Harkless on Durant. But when Durant goes out and we have Aminu and Harkless and even Evan Turner, they're going to take their hands at, at Clay and Steph and put bigger bodies on them and make them work. Um, I think the best defense is a great offense. What happened last year is we made Ste- – and what happened to the what the um, the Cavaliers did is they made – Steph work on defense. So you've got Dame and Kyrie and just those elite guards pushing him on that end of the floor, keeping him honest. What the Warriors can't do, they can't hide Steph Curry on a, on CJ or Dame. If they want to hide him on a Harkless, we'll just post him up. So there is nowhere for him to run. There's nowhere for him to hide on defense. So really, I think if Portland can do a nice job on offense, limiting their turnovers and just making those dudes work and use energy on that end of the floor, that's only going to make their job that much easier on the defensive end. Yeah, I agree. If if you can get him running and get him get him so he has to stay somewhat focused on the defensive end, it's only going to help on the other side of the floor. Fair enough. All right, so we've we've broken down this game, I think, pretty well, regardless of if Nurk plays or if he doesn't. Um, let's make some predictions, but before then, let's look at what happened during the regular season. Uh, the first matchup wasn't pretty in Portland. Uh, they lost 127 to 104 to the Warriors, despite Lillard's 31. Um, on De- December 17th was a, a clusterfuck, to, to be perfectly honest. We lost by 45 points. One of the ugliest Blazer games I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. It was a 135-90 just drubbing. Kept it a little bit closer on January 4th in Golden State. So these last two games, if you're a Portland fan, has to give you some some hope. Because we lost only by 8, 125-117. to And then the closest call of them all was later on that month, January 29th. Portland lost by 2, 113-111. to if we remember correctly, Evan Turner had a three in the corner, mm. just come up short. 
It would have won the game. Portland had a chance to win that one all throughout, and both Golden State was at, at full strength. And so I think it's important to note that not only were the last two games decided by combined 11 points, but it's been three months really since these teams have, have met. So, so many things have changed in, in that span. So I think when the media says Golden State's a 14 and a half point favorite, they're probably looking at those first two just beatdowns and they're not taking into consideration how well Portland played with the Warriors, um, in January. And then if Nurt comes back, I mean, that just is such a wild card for Portland. So with all of that taken in and what we've all discussed previously, um, Evan, what is your game one prediction? Um, I mean, it's going to predicate on if Nurt plays or not. Again, so with with last year's playoffs and the four times we played them this year, we played them nine times in the last year. And so they're really familiar with their team. But again, they're not familiar with us, with Nurk in the lineup. Um, I think we keep it close, but I, I don't think we win. I think we keep it close. I think we keep it close around halftime, third quarter, and then Golden State maybe pulls away in the fourth. We lose by eight or nine points. Why? Yo, did you read my diary? No, I did, but I would if you sent it to me. Because <laughs> that's ex- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we're we're, we're so, like this, man. We're on the same brain. I, I actually think game one's gonna get a little ugly. Oh, uh, game one's traditionally for Portland on the road against great teams. They haven't gone so well. You look in '92, Jordan does the shrug. We lose by 35. You look in 2000 against the Lakers, get pummeled by 30 again. Um, there are so many times that we just in, in game ones um, against the Clippers last year that was a disaster we lost by 20 um, I think we might lose by 17 or 18 points and everyone's going to freak out and they're going to crown the Warriors you know champs they're going to sweep us I think that might be the best thing that could happen to this team give the Warriors a little bit of false sense of hope and regroup and make game two much more competitive um, game one's just they're really difficult to win, especially on the road. I think the Warriors are going to be amped up. Uh, I would love for it to be more competitive, but realistically, I think this one might be the worst game of this series. And it's typically how it's been for the Trailblazers, this current group. Um, you look at last year, the 20-point um, loss was easily... Um, they had back-to-back 20-point losses in Game 1 and Game 2. Last year, Game 1 got away from them. The the closers made it a, a, a closer score than it really was. It was a 118-106 game one victory for the Warriors in last year's conference semifinals. But like I said, I think it could be, you know, 16, 17 points. Don't freak out if that happens. Um that's why it's a five that's why it's a seven game series and you gotta win four. But so now that game one predictions are out of the way, let's actually go through the Blazers Warrior series, not game by game, but what what is your series prediction, Evan? And you can give uh, me the with Nurk and without Nurk predictions. Uh, if Nurk play, I mean, I think we're going to get a game. I think it's probably going to be game three. If we don't get game three, then I think we're going to get swept. Um, so I'll say the Warriors in five and we get game three and we, and we take game three. Is that with or without Nurk or or either? If if we don't have Nurk, if we don't have Nurk, I would not be shocked if we got swept. So that would be a with Nurk prediction. God damn it, Evan. I it's agree. a pretty standard. Yeah, it's a it pretty is. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going out on a limb here. No, no I'm staring on that limb with you, bro. I, 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 I want him to stay comfortable. So I agree with you. 
you guys come out on this limb, join me. It's fun. No. <laughs> what? I, what are you? What are you gonna say, Michael? Yeah. Gonzalez, with, with, without without Nurkic, I would say I'm leaning sixty forty. Warriors and five between Warriors and four. I think there's a real legit chance we get swept if Nurkic can't play. However, I'm going to both games three and game four. I would like to see a victory regardless of a Nurkic play. So I'll say Warriors and five if, if Nurk can't go. If Nurk can go, I will say Warriors and seven. God damn. Oh, wow. Yo, wow. That is, show, that is a limb. said, is Dustin going with the Blazers in seven? And I was like, no way. He, he isn't that ballsy. God damn, bro. But you said Warriors in seven, right? Yeah, but seven. Yes. Us getting the seven's seven is pretty, pretty. Well, seven, close. yeah, it's just a it's a yeah. one of one game at that point, right? <laughs> God that damn, is, that is. I love that though. Yeah, I love that, and I I want it to happen. Oh. And again, it, it's going to depend. One, can Nurk play at the level that he did against the Rockets and the Sixers and the Nuggets? Two, the Nuggets, yeah. can our role players hit those threes? And three. Dame, CJ, can they play like the superstars we know that they are? I mean, it's going to take a lot, but these the, if there's one team that's not afraid of the Warriors that's in the Western Conference, it's the Portland Trailblazers. We don't give a fuck about the Warriors. They, they don't bother us. They don't scare us. Um, I just think it's going to take that type of fearlessness to continue to play against them. And Steve Kerr said that we showed so much fight and heart in that series and we never backed up. We're really going to have to embody that same mantra uh, this year. But um, before we dive in to the rest of the NBA playoffs, let's take a quick commercial break from our sponsors. For you, the listeners of the Holy Backboard podcast, Team Snap is offering a free 21-day trial. Team Snap is every coach and parent's dream. An easy-to-use, indispensable tool for organizing and communicating every aspect of team life. Sign up for a free 21-day trial in 30 seconds or subscribe to a premium package with added features like unlimited photos and file storage and customization unique to their team. TeamSnap also provides a free Android and iPhone app so teams can be managed on the go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Holy Backboard Podcast, the playoff preview edition. We just gave our uh, series predictions for the Blazers and Warriors. Now let's go around the NBA. Uh, Evan, what is the one matchup that you are most interested in seeing? Yeah, so I like storylines. Like I, I'm a, I'm an NBA guy, just like you guys are, 12 months a year. I have friends that just like to sit down, watch the game, not talk about it. And just enjoy the game, the whatever game they're watching in in of in of itself. I'm like a storyline guy, so the one series I'm really excited about is the Clippers Jazz. I find the Clippers are a very easy team for me to hate. I, I'm not a big fan of Doc Rivers. I think he's a whiny bitch. Chris Paul's very hard to watch because he kind of shares some of the same traits as Doc Rivers, and it's just not an enjoyable team for me. And if they lose to Utah in the first round, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to that team this offseason. If they blow it up, what happens with Doc Rivers? Do they bring in someone to basically be the gym? Because that's what he's doing right now. Um, so I'm excited for that too. And I think Utah has a legitimate shot at beating the Clippers. I mean, they've had these, they've, they've had Chris Paul 
Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan for years. And like, imagine being a Clippers fan, how frustrated you'd be that you have those dudes and they haven't made a Western Conference Finals. And if they don't do it, if they don't make noise this year, then why would anyone think that they could run that team back next year and make noise when all these other teams aren't getting any worse? So I am interested to watch that series. Andrew Boone. What about you, Joe Sage? Jan- Joe Johnson is on Utah, so I'm sure he'll My dude, Joe- <laughs> Joey Jojo. Absolutely. I bet you Chris Paul signs with the Clippers for that super, super max. And then if he doesn't like it, he'll force his way out in two years. Um, I'm, I'm going Rocket Thunder. Uh, Harden versus Russ. I think that I, I think the Rockets will win, but it's going to be fun to watch uh, Russell Westbrook put on a Superman cape. How and how much bullshit is it that this year that they've changed it so now they're going to announce the MVP after the finals? Like, come on! Like, announce it before the series starts and let one of those guys play with that chip on their shoulder. <laughs> it's such bullshit. Wodge needs to drop that bomb and leak that leak that to us for real. So I'm going to cheat. There are two series, one in each conference that I'm really excited about. I'll start out East. I'm intrigued to see the Bucks Raptors. I really enjoy watching both teams play. I think the Raptors when healthy might be the scariest team in the Eastern Conference when you factor in Kyle Lowry, you factor in Serge Ibaka. If they would ever use Jonas Valanciunas down low, they could be such a force. Um, I love the PJ Tucker edition last, uh, at the trade deadline and who's kind of going to be their Norman Powell, who's going to kind of show up when they need it most on, in the role. And then you've obviously got DeMar DeRozan who can get buckets, um, at will. And then you've got the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Greek freak became the first player in NBA history to finish like top 20 in all of the major categories. This is his first playoff experience, I believe. Um, it's going to a little bit of a downer that Jabari Parker won't be there, but they still have Chris Middleton. I will be tuning into that series. I think it's going to be extremely fun, especially out East out West. I'm with you, Evan. I just find that jazz Clippers series fascinating. You've got Gobert and Deandre. Then you've got Chris Paul working that, that pick and roll. You've got Blake Griffin going up against just the slew of, of the Utah bigs. Can Gordon Hayward actually do anything in the playoffs? This is his first playoffs as well. Um, what is he made of? Is he really an all-star player or was he an all-star player just because of their record? Um, there are a lot of storylines there. The Jazz haven't made the playoffs in a long time. Um, unlike you, though, I'm going to root for the Clippers because I've had a hatred of the Jazz ingrained in me ever since those <laughs> early 90s Blazers and we played them in the playoffs. So I hope the Jazz take that that L and I would love to see you know the Clippers get one more shot at the Warriors or the Blazers. You know That would be great as well. Um, but I really think that's going to be an intriguing series while i hate the jazz i love watching playoff games in that arena because that is one arena that gets just insane it's like golden state it's like portland i love passionate fan bases um it just makes the playoffs fun it's what the playoffs in the postseason are all about is just really living for that moment and then seeing the fans back it up um so that's my series let's go and um is there any first round series that either of you can see? And I guess you can call the four or five an upset. Do you see any upset probabilities anywhere across the board? Not, not, not named Portland Golden State. I think it's going to be pretty chalky and vanilla. I see the higher seeded team winning most. But what, what series gives you the most upset probability? Let me look at it again. All right. Yeah. Evan. Who's, um, 
Well, you've got I, I'm well, I'm really fucking excited for Lance Stevenson, LeBron James playoff <laughs> series again, because Lance Stevenson or, uh, is a fucking he's a fucking nut job. And who doesn't like watching him play? He's literally insane. And I love watching him play. Um, so that'll be fun. The Rondo Rondo back in Boston will be fun. But Boston's not going to lose to Chicago, obviously. Um, and who is um, Washington's playing Atlanta? Atlanta. I mean, I don't see Atlanta beating Washington. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. Sh- I mean, I guess I would be least shocked about one of those East, like maybe that or um, Milwaukee's the the five seed, right? Mm-hmm. In Toronto's. No, Milwaukee's the. Uh, is Toronto the three or four seed? Three. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Milwaukee could upset Toronto. Maybe. I don't know. It does so look I'll really chalky. You, it is, looks really chalky. Is Lowry playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. my two out east, I think of all the teams, Chicago has the best chance at upsetting. I know it's the one eight, but they have nobody to guard Jimmy Butler. I think he's good enough to keep them in that series. Um, Bobby Portis has been balling the fuck out. I love him as a stretch for Robin Lopez, still one of the most underrated centers in the game. I think he I think he equals Al Horford's output, and that's not good if you're a Celtic fan. That's my Eastern Conference upset probability, like the most um, likely, I think. And then West, I got to go with the OKC Thunder over the Rockets. Westbrook is playing like a fucking man on a mission. He is playing like we have never seen anybody play before. I mean, maybe Jordan in the late 80s, except he's leading his team to the playoffs. Um, Their record when he gets triple doubles is incredible and i don't know what the longevity of this type of performance from russ is but it's not going to end in the postseason and i think the rockets are got the rockets are pretty pissed off i think right now they had a great season and then they get the most just reckless um unpredictable most explosive player this game has seen in quite some time and I know the the Rockets won three one, but all the games were decided by I think like three points or fewer. Um, Brian Anderson hasn't played in a while for the Rockets. It, it's tough, but I would not be surprised to see the Thunder um, escape just based off of Russell Westbrook. Uh, the dude is incredible. He's the MVP. Yep. MVP. Fuck all these national guys who the case against Russell Westbrook's the dumbest case in the world for MVP where it's like he just does he's a stat hog, he does too much. Like who in their right mind thinks that they would be better if he shot eight less times a game? Like who honestly thinks that? It's fucking insane. He averages over ten assists a game, he's getting his guys involved. And he probably would have more if they he actually had shooters on his roster. That's what I'm saying. Like this whole argument of he's just a stat hog. No, stat hogs don't I will Let say he the, is their an team awful, the way he did. awful defender because he is just going for those boards in the regular season. But if he plays like I know he can on defense in the playoffs because it matters more, he's going to be a monster. But in the regular season, dude, a trick of the trade in daily fantasy is you play Westbrook and then you play the guy he's going against because Westbrook is not going to play defense. All right, let's go around the NBA give our predictions for the series let's start out the east series we just touched on Boston and Chicago who do you got and in how many games Evan uh I will take Boston in five Boston in five 
Uh, I've got the Celtics in seven. Chicago's going to push them. Um, Cleveland and Indiana. So the Cavs have been struggling. I believe they went, they started the season 30 and 11 and then went 20 and 21 the rest of the way. Obviously they didn't give a fuck about the regular season, but that, that, that's, you're not feeling great right now if you're a Cavs fan, but do the Pacers stand any chance, Evan? No. And I think we talk about like the whole, can they flip the switch? Can they, I think they absolutely are going to flip the switch. I think the Cleveland's going to sweep them. I think Paul George is going to lead them to one win. So Cleveland in five. I do think they'll flip the switch. Like you said, I, I think Indiana gets, gets one. I'll say Cavaliers in five as well. Um, to me, the most intriguing series Toronto and Milwaukee. You've got Giannis, you've got DeRozan, you've got two young squads going at it. What do you see, Evan? Uh, I think Toronto is going to win, and I think they will do it in six games. Yep. Yeah, Toronto in six. I think it's going to be actually Toronto in five. Um, mm. Only because Milwaukee is so young. I know Delavadova has a lot of playoff experience, but Middleton really doesn't. Giannis doesn't. I don't think Greg Monroe might have played in the playoff series with the Pistons, but that doesn't count. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do love their rookie Malcolm Brogdon, but he's the fucking I, I, bomb. I love watching him I play. Think, I think the stage is going to be uh, a little too bright for, for the Bucks this time, but I think they're going to be competitive games. But <sighs> Toronto, Toronto's tough. I, I really like that team. Um, and then and, the last. Well, it's a real quickly before it's such a bummer that Jabari Parker's hurt because he was playing. I love Jabari Parker's game and he was playing so well. He would have obviously, well, if he, if he didn't get hurt, they might not be in the six seed. Um, it's just a bummer that he's hurt because I, I really enjoyed watching him play this season when he was healthy. Then you're going to love Jason Tatum when he comes. Oh, am I? Yeah. He's like the small forward version of Jabari Parker. And I will love him. And last series in the East, we have the, the, the Wizards and the Hawks. You've got that great backcourt in Washington. You've got that big front court up in Atlanta. Um, the Hawks, really a Jekyll and Hyde team. They have had multiple win streaks and lose streak, losing streaks this year. Um, they're hot right now. Evan, is it going to translate is, or is it going to lead to a playoff victory against the Wizards? Fuck no. I've yeah. got... The, the Wizards in probably five. I'm going to go with the Wizards in, you know what, six. I think Paul Millsap can, can swing it so they win two. I've got Wizards in seven. Damn. I think there's going to be two, two seven-game series. These teams are evenly matched. Um, I'm looking at ESPN.com, and they said um, – the Wizards' point differential at home is just plus 1.8. That is the, the weakest of any team in the first round. So they don't really have a home court advantage. Um, I think Millsap and Dwight pose a, a big threat down low to the Wizards. I just think that John Wall is going to be too much. He's playing the best ball of his career. But Schroeder's going to make him work too. I mean, that that is going to be a fun matchup to watch because... It is going to be speed, speed, speed. Whoever can keep control of that basketball and not give up easy buckets will probably win that series. I'm going to go with the best player over the bun- of the bunch in Wall. I think he's going to get it done game seven in D.C. Uh, we've already given uh, our prediction. I, I, got, I got a stat for you before you 
During the regular Drop season, it on us. the Atlanta Hawks were the worst team at defending guards in the league. Does that swing it for deep? That, Does that swing it? That to, would not. So it's that would not bode well for them. Yeah. No, I still think it'll go seven. Okay. So we already gave our Blazers Warriors predictions. Let's go to the two seed Spurs against the seven seed Grizzlies. Honestly, this is a series I could care the least about. It just screams, me too. It screams boring, boring fucking basketball. My, I did, can we just put this game on C-SPAN? Like nobody should be subjected ah. to watch this. It's NBA TV um, all day. Like Marc Gasol's not who he was. I mean, Chandler Parsons is is perpetually hurt. He's out for this series. Dude, did you see um, his? P-E-R? What, of two? Chandler Parsons. Yeah, of two. I think it's like six now, but it's Myers Leonard still has a higher per than Chandler Parsons. I mean, that is not, I, I that still is not love good. watching Zebo, but I mean, he's getting up there. And then the Spurs. Oh, he's old as fuck. Kawhi's a beast, but they are struggling down the stretch. They did not look good against Portland. They played their starters against Portland for quite a bit. They lost the following night in Utah with playing their starters as well. And this is all predicated on Pop playing the starters because of how they performed at home against the Clippers. And the Clippers went into uh, San Antonio and wrecked them. Um, I would have loved for Portland to play the Spurs. I would have picked Portland in an upset. I think San Antonio is right for the picking. I just don't think Memphis is the team that's going to give it to them. They just don't have the talent, man. I mean, they're just so they're so depleted. Um, Yeah. Like, Ty I Williams think, played a huge role in that team's success. Who? And who And who the fuck is Ty he, Williams? He's a small forward that shoots threes really well. I, I, I think, like, the culture in that team is the reason they're the seventh seed, not in the lottery. They just, the, their wings and their team fights for every possession. That's why they're there, but San oh, Antonio's going to run read, through them. Did I read today that Tony Allen's going to be out for, like, a month? I believe so, actually, yeah. So that doesn't help their case either. Nope. I, I've got Spurs in five. I think they're all going to be close. I just don't think Memphis has the offensive firepower mm-hmm. to to do anything, unless Marc Gasol really, really gets involved heavily because the Spurs have nobody to guard him. But I think Spurs handle their biz in five. Troy Daniels for BA. That's about it. No, I agree with Spurs in five. And if I watch more than 15 minutes of the series, then I will <laughs> slap myself. Yeah. All right, Sage. Spurs and five. So up next, we have maybe the most compelling first round matchup for the NBA media. Obviously, Westbrook, Harden. You've got OKC, Houston. This is going to be, I think, one of the funnest series to watch. I think there's going to be... This also has, I think... Um, I know I mentioned that all three games that OKC lost were decided by three points or fewer. This feels like one of those series where you're going to see a lot of blowouts and you might get a few good games just because Houston is so relied on that three point shot. And in this seven game series, things are going to even out. Um, OKC is also relied upon by not just Russell, but can his role players do any, any damage and their role players aren't super great. So I think this one is a tough one to predict, but I think you're going to see a, a lot of bigger um, margins of victory than in, in other series. But uh, Evan, what are you looking for in this and who do you have winning? Um, so I want to pick an upset in the first round because so far I'm chalk. So yeah, we're all chalk. <laughs> the more I've thought about this series, I'm like, all right, I think this game can go seven or this series can go seven games. And if there's one 
star who could rip the fucking hearts out of uh, a home team, a Houston home team. It's going to be Russell Westbrook, who did it earlier this week to the Denver Nuggets, who literally ripped their fucking hearts out. God damn, that was rough. Said, you're not, you're not going to the playoffs, and I'm going to drop 50 in a triple-double. Thanks for cheering for me to get my 10 assists. I'm also going to fucking literally make it so you can't go to the playoffs. So if there's a dude who can who can win a Game 7 on the road, if there's anyone in the NBA, I think it's Russell Westbrook. So I will pick the Thunder to upset Houston in seven games. I will uh, go Houston in six. Yeah, Houston in six feels right. Uh, I think it's going to be close, and I think the the Thunder have the best chance at pulling the upset, but those shooters, they shoot so many threes. They that have so many bound. weapons, bro. The addition of Lou Williams, I mean, I, I think this team's really going to turn it on in, in the postseason. Uh, I like Houston in six. Um, and then the last first-round matchup, also extremely intriguing. Utah Clippers Clippers get that all important home court advantage, which I should add Portland really kept Utah from getting that home court advantage because both teams won out. It was that 59 performance by Dame that just said, fuck you to the jazz, which I personally love. But Evan, uh, you were already leaning one way. You're rooting for the jazz, but do you think they can pull it off? Yeah, I'm not only rooting for them and I really fucking hope they beat the Clippers. because I want to see the Clippers implode, explode, whichever this offseason. So I will go with the Jazz in six games. Clippers in seven. Oh. I've got... Ooh, this is going to be a tough one. I think it will be Clippers in six. Um, I don't oh. know where Utah is going to get their offense from. Um, I've said this was my concern with them all season long. They also haven't played as a healthy unit for very many games, so they don't have that continuity. I know the same could be said for the Clippers, but that unit of Blake, JJ, Jamal, Chris, and DeAndre, they've been together long enough that even if Blake or Chris get injured for a certain period of time, they know how to step up. Mm-hmm. I just think the Clippers have been there and done that. I think they realize this is probably their final shot. I, I think they'll find a way to to pull off a victory in Salt Lake City and get that, get that victory. So I, I've got the Clippers in six. So now that we made our first round predictions... Um, Evan, who's coming out of the West, who's coming out of the East, and who's ultimately winning it all? Like I mentioned early in the pod, I think I don't think a team can beat the Warriors four games out of seven. So I think the Warriors are going to win the title, and I think they're going to beat... I mean, this is not a sexy pick. I think they're going to beat Cleveland. <laughs> I think the exact same thing. Who, who Who's the team they play in the Western Conference Finals? Houston. So... You guys think Houston beat San Antonio in round two? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. San Antonio is washed. Well, I think OKC is playing in round two. So, fuck. Maybe it's OKC in the Warriors. <laughs> That'd be dope. Russ no, is it just wouldn't, gonna put it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be dope because the Warriors have beat the shit out of OKC like this entire season. So, where are you going but, with? Oh, um... San Antonio? Yeah, San Antonio. Alright, what's up? What's your pick, Sage? Uh, Warriors, Cavs. Oh, Warriors hey, what, win. Sorry. What? Yeah, what's your pick, Dustin? I've got the Warriors over the Rockets at West. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers over... Hmm. I want to say the Wizards. 
Damn. I like I like the Wizards team, man. I like that roster. Yeah, I'll and say Scotty... Cavs, Cavs over the Wizards. Scott Brooks has been been playing well. Been John Wall's coach. playing well. Yeah. Um, I am not sold on Isaiah Thomas in the postseason after last year's performance. He, I know he's small, and I know that's all the criticism that he hears. I know he was Mr. Fourth Quarter this year, but things tighten up. Things change in the fourth or in the playoffs in the seven game series when all of the attention is focused on you for the next two weeks. Um, I think they're going to struggle with Chicago, and I think the Wizards just it's it's their time to finally live up to the, to that hype and. You know, I like Cleveland to to knock off the Wizards. I think that'll be a fun series. But ultimately, I know it's going to be Warriors Cavaliers for the third straight year, and that's probably the first time that's happened in quite some time. I'm going to go with the Cavs. I think they're just kind of trolling us all right now. I think they have the switch. I think they're going to have an easier path to to the finals. Um, the Golden State Warriors still do not have an answer for LeBron James. I mean, you want to go back and see. Both teams played each other tough in the regular season. Uh, the Cavs obviously got that victory on Christmas Day. And then I think on MLK Day, um, the Warriors took care of business at home. Warriors are going to have home court advantage. But um, Kyrie steps up when the when the, when the um, the bright lights come on. LeBron is LeBron. But where I think the series is won is down low. You got Kevin Love. You got Tristan Thompson. Those guys are going to do work like they did last year. I think it's going to go seven again. Um, but everyone's picking the Warriors. I'm going to go, I'm going to swerve. I'm going to go left. I'm going to take the Cavs. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the podcast to our listeners. We will do this after um, each, each game. We will recap what happened. Look forward to the next game. Hopefully we're doing this for quite some time. We're not ready to call it a season. We want to keep doing these, you know, every other day podcasts, um, so keep subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Leave us a comment if you like what you're hearing. Um, you can also find us on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, at Holy Backboard PDX. We are also available on social. So come chat with us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Holy Backboard. Evan, let our fans know where they can find you um, on social. Yeah, so uh, I post a lot on Instagram. It's Evan M PDX. It's spelled uh, E-V-A-N-E-M PDX. Um, local artist here in Portland. Do a lot of really cool stuff. I'm always posting stuff up there. Um, I have a website where you can buy some. I've got some Portland-based shirts and my art up there. It's EvanM.com. Twitter, also Evan M PDX. So that's where you can find me. One of the most talented dudes I've, I know just bodies it on all graphic design stuff. He he made a logo for the Holy Backboard. He's made a logo for my uh, company, Sage Digital. He's the man. If you have any needs for any graphic design or art, hit up hit hit up the god Eminem. Oh, I appreciate that. Absolutely, hit me up. All right, thanks Evan again for being a loyal guest, one of our favorites on the podcast. Thank you again, Sage, for being the best producer in the biz. For Everyone out there, just keep the hope, keep the faith, never doubt Rip City. Let's go out there. Let's shock the fucking world. Let's go.